in his presence is the fullness of joy. And to learn to hear what he's saying, to listen, and, and sometimes just to be still and know that he's gone, know that he wants to speak to us, is a precious thing. And when he speaks to us, we will be blessed. We will be blessed. And because his word uh, accomplishes that which he desires, uh, Isaiah said that his word is always working. It does not return void. Um, he is so faithful. And I'm so glad to have his word, his written word, his authority, his, his word spoken to you and I. And so we've been going through First Peter. We went through First Peter. We're in the Second Peter now, a kind of like a follow-up letter. That uh, Peter is a concern for the the new believers and the new the new new Christians uh, that he's been mentoring and discipling. And his concern in the second chapter is he's concerned about false teachers, false prophets. He calls them that would come and and begin to uh, distort or get people off and get them in error, get them in untruth and by, by speaking untruth. So today, you and I, we're going to look at the second chapter. He addresses the false prophets. And uh, I know there's no false prophets in our audience. There's no false prophets here. You know, we, we can rest at ease. And the Lord, when you read the word yourself, the Lord himself, will help you and keep you on the straight, keep you on the, the right path. How many are glad you have his word? How many are glad that he, he helps you to understand that the Holy Spirit is our teacher? So the second chapter of First Peter, prior, prior just to going into that chapter, he had noticed, he had spoke these uh, two powerful verses that we, we've come to believe that are helpful to accepting all scripture he says, verse 20, this is in the first chapter of first Peter, or second Peter. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. And I love how that, that he phrased that men moved by the Holy Spirit. Men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Men and women can still move by the Holy Spirit today. We can still move in the gifts. We can still move in his leading. We can, when he says for us to go, we can go. When he says for us to step out, we can step out. When he says for us to stay, we can stay. And so we're believing today for his leading. As we begin to look at a year kind of coming close to an end, we begin to think back of maybe all the things that happened. It's quite an eventful year for some of us in uh, various ways. But every day can be an eventful day. Amen? One week can be, a, you can be a, like, what happened? <laughs> what, did ha what happened is we was kind of a blur. And so you think back and uh, God, him, God is always so faithful to us. What he begins to address, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false prophets or false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies and even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensuality because of them. The way of the truth will be maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle. 
and their destruction is not asleep. The enemy has always been at work to distort what God has said. Even in the beginning in the garden, remember how the enemy, Satan, came uh, to Eve and said, God didn't really mean what he said, right? And you can partake of that uh, forbidden fruit. It won't hurt you. God really doesn't mean. You really think you would, he would cause you to die? You know, he, he deceived. He's, he's a master at, at deception. And so we, we are constantly in need of, of a guide a, to guard our thoughts, to guard what we may hear. Uh, from peoples in the community, what we may hear uh, even uh, through media. We, we have the word of God. I liken it to a, like a, um, almost like a sift. Well, if you know what that is, but that sifts uh, the, the stuff that's not supposed to be there and sifts it right through. We, we get out the stuff. Uh, someone said, chew up the, the meat and spit out the bones. We don't have to agree with everything. That we hear we shouldn't. We should, ex- we should be digging in the word ourselves and, and formulating our own, uh, you know, hearing what God is saying to us. But hopefully that where you attend in your church, that the pastor is speaking the truth. That he, should be, he, he ought to be in the word himself. He ought to be there studying, preparing uh, to present the word of God as close as he can with the help of the Holy Spirit. To the truth. So how does one not be deceived? How do we not be tricked or deceived or into some kind of false uh, uh, heresy, as he says among here? Uh, one of the things that, that is very important, and we read here in verse 1, it says, denying the master who bought them. Whenever we get off track from truth, as we begin to formulate other ways to heaven, or we begin to formulate somehow a, well, what seems to be right in our own eyes. Or we begin to formulate opinions. But uh, one, of the, one of the real red flags is anyone who denies the Lord Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. That's a huge, that's very, uh, what I would say, very stationary to the gospel. That is the main thing. Paul said, I preach Christ. Remember? And him crucified. He said he, he, he could come to you. He didn't come to them with a lot of flowery speech or philosophy. But I preached Christ and him crucified because that was what pe- that was what would change the heart of a person. You see, what do we do? What do we do with it when we are presented the gospel of the cross and, and the crucifixion and the resurrection? We have to make a decision. We are brought to a decision. We believe it or we don't believe it. But when we believe it, we are then brought into uh, fellowship with him. We are then, it's then salvation kicks in and we are, we are made uh, in our right mind. I believe the help of the Holy Spirit can help us discern what does that mean. Well, it helps us sense that well, something isn't quite right. God, the Holy Spirit, speaking to you and I. And especially as you're reading along through Scripture and you find the passages. And so I, I read this portion of Scripture from many times over and over in 1 John 4. Uh, it speaks to this 
a, a subject in just a bit. It says, Beloved, it's 1 John 4, 1 through 3. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. In other words, there are other spirits. There, are, there is the spirit, the spirit of God, but there are also um, other spirits. We live in a spiritual world. Why is that? Because the Bible teaches that a third of the angels rebelled against God and they're, they're running loose. And Satan is the, the leader over all that. And so we have a lot of spiritual activity that is going on in the earth. And so you'll sense these kinds of spirits sometimes in other uh, in places or in people, uh, in maybe perhaps in other lands, but they're here. They're here even in Cross Lake. We, we cannot escape the fact that there are spirits around us but the deal is let's test the spirits it says this verse says whether they are from God so how do they know uh, because many false prophets have gone out into the world by this you know the spirit of God listen every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God and it goes right back to verse 1 chapter 2 some that deny when we deny the master who bought them then there's reason for question. Where are they basing their salvation? Where are they basing their, their trust? What are they trusting in? Are they trusting in sort of a, uh, the, the new age thing that kind of goes into self and it kind of goes into uh, uh, things that are off the path, off the real truth? and begins to get self-centered. Whenever there's a selfishness or something that uh, begins to uh, become foul because there's a uh, sensuality here that there actually some, there were some that it were in the Bible days that were teaching, um, preaching the gospel for selfish gain, just for monetary reasons. And it's not right. And so the Lord uh, wants us to watch and be guard, keep the truth. And how we can do that, of course, is by reading the word of God. Another way is that we might be able to fellowship with one another. Why did Jesus say, you will know them by their fruits? Matthew chapter 7, you will read that and it will say, enter by the narrow gate or narrow road. Enter by the narrow road. It seems like there are a lot of people that are on another road in the world. And until they find the real, the narrow road, the Jesus road, they're never going to be satisfied. Or they're going to feel like they, they have to do so many things to earn their salvation or they have to, have to be such a way and Jesus comes and changes our hearts so that we know, know in our heart what, how we ought to live. <laughs> Amen. Jesus comes to live in our hearts so that there's an inner change so that we can have an outward difference. How many know that you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink, right? So what is it that we need to have? We need the helper. The Holy Spirit comes to convince people. 
I can stand and proclaim truth all day long unless the Holy Spirit is working in people's hearts. It's just, it's just like beating your head against a wall. You know what I'm saying? There are people that you love today that you want them to, you want them to believe. You want them to come in. You want them to understand that Jesus Christ is for them. And so we must enter into that place with the Lord himself, praying for those people, lifting their names, because the deceiver, somewhere maybe along their life, has hurt them, or someone has hurt them. And this is huge in the church. Oftentimes people will say, I don't really care to go to church. They'll say there's so many hypocrites. Well, we know that there will be hypocrites, and that's a that's humanity. There ought not to be, but we need to strive so to live in such a way that we will be the real thing, the real thing, the real believer, the true believer. And so the Lord himself says, you will know them by their fruits. And what he was talking about in Matthew 7 was false prophets. These guys were even prophesying in his name. It's really kind of a challenging verse of Scripture because you wonder, how could they not know God? How could, how could God say, go away, I never knew you? Somehow they were mixed up and got off track and got their eyes on self, got somehow uh, misusing, misusing the name of Jesus. Let's be, let's be the people, let's be the people of God that will be the real thing. And I believe there, that you're here today because you're the real thing. And Jesus has touched you. Jesus has made the difference. Jesus has brought you into fellowship with him. You know his name and he knows your name. He knows who you are. You walk with him and he walks with you. He talks to you and you talk to him. That there's not, you're not a stranger to the Lord. And so... Matthew 7, it, it has to do with looking at fruits. And so if there's a question that arises in your heart and you see a person that's supposedly to be a spiritual leader, but their lifestyle is not measuring, measuring up, then there's reason to begin to, to be concerned and begin to pray for that person. How do we stay strong in a fallen world? Another way to look at it would be, how do we stay righteous in a wretched world? <laughs> One way to put it. We don't have to look far to see sin in the world, right? We don't have to look far to see problems, failures, uh, all kinds of uh, activities that, that is very uh, selfish, self-centered. And how do we guard against that? How do we keep our heart where we can keep it in a, in a kindred place, in a genuine place? The Lord says he's near to the brokenhearted. He's low, also, he said, I will, I will lift up the humble. In other words, people who understand that they cannot save themselves, that they need the Lord, they need the covering of Jesus. 
In order for us to walk in a fallen world and make an impact, we need the hedge and the protection of Jesus. And he's there for us. He actually wants you to step out. And when you go to the workplace, and when you are with people that are struggling, and maybe there are days when you yourself feel like there's a struggle, feel like there's a battle that is raging, something's going on in the spirit realm, and you're not sure even how and what's going on, but you know and you know where to go. You know how to pray. You look up to the Lord and you begin to, you know what? You know what's going on. You see all things. You know all things. You see from the beginning to the end. This is fabulous when we think of our Lord knows the beginning to the end. He already knows your life, what's going to happen. But there's this little word called faith. Now, we don't know the beginning to the end. We can only learn from our past and say, you know what? I'm going, I can only go forward. I cannot go back. I maybe can do something differently I learned from my past, but I'm going forward. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, the conviction of things not seen. Some of you right now, by faith, are seeing your loved ones saved. By faith, you're praying that all your kids and their kids, and some of you are praying for people whom you work with, keep it up. That is what the Lord has for us. That is part of our assignment. You see now, this passage of Scripture, he brings up Noah. You got to love Noah. What do we know about Noah? Well, we know that he walked with God. We know that God called him to do something rather interesting, rather large, an assignment to build this large boat that would save his family. And the scripture says that was, uh, he was a preacher, verse 5, of righteousness. Now, I don't necessarily see Noah standing up on a Sunday morning preaching. Maybe he did some of this, maybe through the week. But he preached by his lifestyle. He preached probably more through his actions and through his lifestyle than he ever did through heralding the word. I'm sure he did some. I'm sure that he proclaimed and he told and he warned people that a flood was coming and you can get on this ark and you can be saved. But most of the people, other than his family, you know the story, just laughed at him and just ridiculed him. Just said, wow, can you imagine doing this for about 100 years? Can you just, um, you know, there must have been days when Noah himself wondered, Had I, did I really hear from you, Lord? Is this really what you called me to do? Is this really what you purposed for my life to be? And sure enough, I'm sure he had a peace in his heart, that he had a contentment in his heart when God brought all his family in and the animals that he chose and he shut. It says that God shut the door. And see, there's a day coming when there'll 
that God will shut the door. But until that day, today is the day of salvation. So we still have the work to be done to reach out to people. There's still hope. And so he brought a flood upon the world, verse 5. And he brings up Sodom and Gomorrah by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly thereafter. I love this, how he ties in and something, uh, we, we get a glimpse of, of Lot and his character. And if he rescued righteous Lot, verse 7, he, he oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men. For what he saw and heard, that righteous man while living among them felt his righteous soul tormented day after day with their lawless deeds. Friends, sinfulness should cause us to grieve. Sin should cause us to grieve. What do I mean by that? It's easy to get comfortable living in a, a sinful world where we begin, the society begins to accept things that are not right according to Scripture. And you know the old saying, you could take a frog and put him in water and warm it up. You know, you've heard this, warm it up really slow, and pretty soon that frog just stays there. He gets conditioned and he doesn't jump out. May we never be become conditioned, but may we never begin to hate people because of sin. Now listen, all of us are sinners. We all have sinned. But the Bible says, whosoever calls upon the Lord, whosoever confesses their sin, he's faithful to just or to forgive us and to cleanse us. The difference between those who are saved is their sins are forgiven. They're covered beneath the blood. For one who is not saved, they have not yet come to relinquish their heart or their will or surrender their will to God. And God is waiting and wooing and calling them to come and and call upon his name. So the people that Lot was living around, well, you read that, you read that story, and it, it was getting pretty bad, immorally. It was getting so bad, unimaginable. Now, God had mercy on Lot. And he, he called them out. He got them out of the situation. It's almost like he rescued him before he brought destruction. Same thing with Noah. God rescued Noah before he brought judgment. And the Bible says that in the, as it is in the days of Noah, so shall be when the Son of Man cometh. I am believing with all my heart that the Lord is going to rescue his people before he pours his judgment out. Friends, the Bible speaks about a day when God's judgment will come towards the ungodly. But right now, when we accept Jesus, the Lord himself has take, he's taken your judgment. He's already taken the penalty. And so we are, in a sense, we have already been judged because of Jesus Christ. 
and we are righteous only through him, only by the blood that he shed. And so I'm so glad. How can we stay strong in a, righteous, in a, in a wretched world? How can we stay righteous? How can we keep on track? We have to keep our minds upon him. We have to keep guarding our heart. We have to keep, I like to say that when you read the word of God, it's like putting your heart to the charger of a bat for a battery. You begin to recharge. You begin to renew your mind. That word renew is a beautiful thing. That all of us, sometimes we come home feeling, wow. Almost like the world it just waxed. Almost like you're, I'm sure you've had days when you work with people that they drained you because of their attitude. What do we do? We need God. We need to turn to him. We need the fellowship of other believers. You and I need to connect. We enjoyed our meal together with Cal and Ed and um, Derek and Austin was there. We, we just had a good time sitting down and eating together here last week. Well, you say, was that necessary? Well, we went, I went away feeling, you know what? There's some good guys. There's some real people. See, in the church, every one of us needs to know that we have a place, that we have a purpose, that we have a belonging, that when you're not here, you are missed. You see, when the body of Christ is united, we can be, be rallied, we can be encouraged one to another, supporting one another, and we can go forward in the strength and the power of the Lord himself so we can stay strong, so that we can stay on top, so that we can avoid the pitfalls, so that we can keep our minds on Jesus. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I, I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living, holy sacrifice. He speaks to that and not being transformed, not be conformed, rather, to the things of this world. Conform means not just kind of going with the flow and kind of giving into it and bowing down to it, you know. But truth sometimes hurts. But after we've heard the truth and begin to yield ourselves to its truth, what happens is that it begins to give life. The enemy has sold people so many times into the lies of what sin is really all about. Oh, it's so much fun, and you'll live so wonderfully, and it'll be, you'll be so happy. And what happens is the exact opposite. Sin always breeds remorse and pain and eventually death. And that's the that's the the ungodliness that we need to example. What right now you and I are called to be 
like a light in darkness, like a lamp on a hill. We're not to go around saying, I'm better than you. Not, not at all. But by the, just who we are, we know when we need to say no, and we know when we need to, with the help of the Lord, speak out. We know when we just need to love people and say, you know what? There's a better way. And we can be led by the Holy Spirit to love people, somehow encourage them where they're at. I think there's a lot of people in this world that have started with the Lord, have seed in their heart. Somewhere there's a grandmother who's prayed or a mom or dad. And there needs to be someone to come along and water that seed. And you and I may be that, be that person that would speak encouragement and speak blessings into the lives. You know, when you're giving, you're, more, you're less apt to think about your own problems. I know sometimes we all need a little encouragement. But oftentimes people who are giving, and that's why I'm so excited about the moms, the outreach that we're having here through the tea, because you're thinking about other people. What a, what, a, what a great thing. When we had Belize last year, as a, as, as a, it was a project. It was a good thing because people were thinking beyond themselves. It's always healthy for any person when we begin to think about other people and their needs. And so this passage goes on into some examples of, of the judgments that came, and he mentions Balaam. And remember that story about the man who wanted to, he was really, he was a prophet of God, but he was being tempted to speak a curse on the people of God. And as he was going along, uh, his donkey pressed him against a, a stone wall. It was a narrow passage. And the man began to beat his donkey and try to make his donkey to keep going. And God opened the mouth of his donkey and said, Why are you beating me? What have I ever done to you? And Balaam said, if I had a sword, I'd have killed you by now. Wow. Just angry. But then it says, God opened his eyes. And what he seen was the angel with his flaming sword that could have destroyed Balaam in a moment, in a breath. But God had mercy. And he used even the donkey to speak to a man. Lord, help us when we're sometimes pressed. Sometimes we're sure we're going the right way, and this is just an application. Sometimes we're convinced that that's, this is right. Yet maybe God is over here saying, you know what? That's not my plans for you. Will you just pull back in? Will you just regroup? Will you just wait on me? I have great and mighty things for you. So how do we stay strong? Jude says, then it's only one chapter in Jude, 
And we have this wonderful verse that he says, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in the love of God, praying in the Holy Spirit. If you have that gift to pray in a different language or you pray with the help of the Holy Spirit, I believe it ties together that when we're praying, looking to God, we're taking on God's heart. You're getting a heart for his understanding for the things that are on his heart today, the things that he cares about. And then I believe in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit that no matter, no matter where he takes us, that there is a purpose. No matter what the temptation may be, he's promised to provide a way of escape. No matter what the challenge and the issue is, God is still greater than the enemy. And we know that because in 1 John, he speaks to that. In fact, he says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Remember this uh, passage from 1 John 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. I mentioned that earlier. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that is coming and now is already in the world. But you are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. That is a promise for you and I that we could walk even though the world is chaotic, is dangerous, with the wisdom of God, with the hand of God in our lives, we can go forward. We can speak the truth of God under his authority, under his blessing. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We are from God. He who knows God listens to God. He who is not from God does not listen to us. That's an interesting statement. That's an interesting statement. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. And people that have yet to believe God for their Savior, there's a battle going on. There's a battle of surrender. There's a battle of of letting go and letting God. And we need to stand and encourage and love, love them in spite. Sometimes when they hurt you, sometimes when they're projecting even their own things that's going on and, and spilling it out onto you, may the Lord help us to humble ourselves, to say, therefore, that just as my Lord himself was hurled abuse, and it was said things that were said about him that was untrue. We must begin to look, look and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, who is on our side, who wants us to know the truth, and we shall be set free. And this whole thing of false prophets and false teaching is not new. It's been going on since the beginning. Because the enemy knows if he can get us into error, then he can get us away from God. 
get us spoiled, get us tainted, so to speak. But I believe today that we can make us take a stand and stand before the Lord